1: Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk Welcome to Friday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Joel Skid. Hello. And Sean McGuigan. Hello. And on this show, we're going to talk through a number of lower league things, that's why Sean's here. Yes. But first we'll start with the games in the Europa League on Thursday night uh, We've kind of ignored them on the main show so far this season Because we tend to record on a Thursday And it's just been a bit annoying to try and uh, fit these games in But seeing as we're coming to the business end of the groups And both Rangers and Celtic are in contention to reach the knockout stages We thought, why not knock it back 24 hours and let's discuss it then Also, you know, helped that we had nobody to record a Thursday show so.
0: is, is that right? I just thought, had, I just thought nobody could do it last night but then my phone was broken for about well, it was days. Well, so it kind of helped assignment? both, because I originally
2: did say Friday, and then, I, I think I said Friday night, and try to get something set up there, and then completely forgot, like, just about all of us are going to Young Fathers today, except for you two, losers. Yeah,
0: sorry about that. I had about 700 messages to catch up on, so there was no way I was going to uh, read all of them by the time I had a phone again. Okay. okay. And Joel actually had a ticket and then backed out. Yeah, it's, uh,
1: it's one of those where I was, ve- I was very much reluctant. However, when I woke up this morning, I was delighted I had because, my God, was I tired. Also, the shower rail fell on me, clocking my head. So I was just standing naked in my bath, dripping, shaking my head and laughing. Oh, uh-huh. what a horrible <laughs> vision that is. A quarter to six in the morning. Uh, a naked, injured
2: joke. <laughs> Can I link that to Rosenberg Celtic? No, no, I can't. <laughs> Let's just delve into it. So, Joe, you mainly watched this one. Yes, it was like watching a PC's of Friendly. <laughs> it was. Like, for a little I saw the game, I was struck by how little tempo there seemed to be to a lot of it, other yeah. than Celtic maybe and Rosenberg in like the last five minutes.
1: Yeah, Rosenberg, they, they kind of came in of make a half, half-hearted attempt to get back into it. But they could still have qualified. However, it was a very unlikely scenario for them to, to do so. Celtic started pretty well and they, they had, just had a lot of control. They didn't, have, they didn't have to play with a lot of pace. So obviously, with Forrest, you with the goal, um, Christian and Cajun and Rogic, they would, they would step, step up a level or a gear every now and then but it suited them it was perfect because they were obviously they were flying back that night and they got this this, semi-final they got the final on on Sunday that going kind of going through the motions uh, in second or third gear was was, was ideal so they were not using a lot of energy up they were able to take off uh, so I think Forrest came off Lustig came off with uh, a, a knock which was unsurprising um, and Edward, he was given sixty five, um, just sixty five minutes. Rogers was keen for both him and Griffiths to get to get game time, and then you saw Scott Brown coming back as well. So it, it really was just um, okay. It wasn't exciting, but Celtic it was very professional and efficient. Scott
2: Brown, who seemed to find a hairdresser in Trondheim
1: Yeah, because I noticed when I was looking at the pictures that he was he, he had here like days leading up to it and just decided to deciding I mean I say he's a
2: hairdresser the guy it, probably earns about like 30 grand a week he can,
1: I'm sure he can afford just a set of razors that he can yeah, carry with him I'm sure there's uh, Edward or someone who's got fancy stuff in the hair would just be able to shave it off for him I thought it was even more unusual with hair yeah. yeah did you see the pictures of him and James Forrest in, in suits they they got they, they went to this place to get uh, tailor made suits my god do they both look uh, like they should belong in suits <laughs> <laughs> less like, is a court date <laughs> Yeah So so Brown But I think it was Brown you'd, you'd expect him to Maybe wear a Burton suit You'd, you'd suit a Burton suit But this was just a really fancy suit Like, just doesn't look right there Forrest just looked Really uncomfortable And again He, he seems to have Less of a neck in a suit Than he does in a football shirt.
0: <laughs> a
1: negative neck
0: <laughs> Sean did you watch the game? Uh, I watched the vast majority of it Yes I thought it was quite a strange game uh, As Joel said It was uh, The first half was as dominant As I've seen Celtic Away from home in uh, Europe and then despite that with about 50 minutes to go I thought they're absolutely going to chuck this away here <laughs> even though to be fair as much as it was more second like that was more even and Rosebud never really like they were going to score but he just felt Celtic was going to somehow contrive to to throw it in here uh, Gordon's kicking doesn't always fill me with confidence I wasn't particularly keen at, at that at various points of the game but no I mean I think having a, a, a kind of central defensive partnership for the first time in maybe this season mm-hmm. uh, helps a lot and as you say they are able to take off Forrest and kind of preserve him for the, for the cup final they were uh, yeah, thoroughly deserved a win, which doesn't come along too often away from home in Europe.
1: Yeah, so I, I agree that they were, we were talking towards the end of the, the game last night because I'd started writing up like my five things and player ratings. And Gordon was—I don't, I don't think I had to save, like an actual a save to make—but there was a, cu- a couple of nervy moments where a cross went in the box or a corner came in, and thinking, oh, they could could squeeze something out here, which uh, which which would have made me very angry. However. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with Benkovic and Boyata looked into it, Benkovic, in, he's played 11 games for Celtic and they've conceded three goals, they've kept nine, nine clean sheets in those 11 games He again, they, him and Boyata didn't have much to do, but there was one where in the second half, Rosalba got behind put a great ball into the box and uh, missed out Boyata, but Benkovic was there just mm-hmm. came swept up and they just, they, I think they just suit each other they're both powerful, they're both quick, they're both confident it seems like if Dedrick Boyata's playing with another player who's i um, kind of as, as, as confident as he can be sometimes. Where you, th- you think maybe he's too over, overconfident, um, it just seems to um, make him feel more comfortable. Whereas if he's, for example, playing with Jack Henry, it seems he seems think like, shit. I'm the senior one here. I've got more, there's there's more responsibility, more pressure on me, and uh, it, it kind of I don't know if maybe it's a mental thing. But both of them look probably the best centre back partnership since Danai or in Van Dijk. It's
2: probably not a case of being senior, because he's obviously more senior than Benkovic as well, as about six years older than mm. him. But I think it's just a case of you're, if you don't trust your centre half partner, then yeah. you have to think about their game as
1: well okay. as your own.
0: He I, I has to concentrate on another other guy's game rather than just his own game. Uh, I thought Tierney was very good as well, especially in the first half. Gave him width down that side.
1: Yeah, I him and Forrest were the. I think I gave them the highest uh, highest marks last night. Uh, Forrest, oh, come on to me, side But yeah, Tierney, the way that Celtic they went back to the back like a back four rather than this the high, kind of hybrid three five two they were playing uh, at times last season, and Forrest had been taking playing a lot more centrally. As uh, you saw, saw this, uh, Scotland as well, so the the width really does just come from Tierney now and. One, something that I think is really underrated with him is his acceleration. Sometimes he just, f- from a standing start, it would just knock it and it uh, would just go from like 0 to, I don't know, 20 mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like that. I think the popular way to say is 0 to
2: 60, even though you're not talking okay. to a
1: car. I, I wasn't sure, that's what I was thinking. Do go for 0 to 60? Because he doesn't do 60. <laughs> 0 to, I don't know, 20
0: mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably right, though. Yeah. That's, I thought it was reasonable accurate. Yeah. When a 0 to 60 would be. And that would <laughs> yeah, just be silly in the journalism dealing with facts That mean he's literally a car <laughs> yeah
1: which he's <is> no <laughs> thank you Sean uh, yeah so go back to go back to Forrest I I just think he's it's it's come it's come the time now where he is the leading forward player if that makes sense that you've had Sinclair in the f- kind of first season you've always had Rogic on the periphery you've had Musa Dembele as well but now, now it just seems to be him so odson Edward, I think he's a talented, really talented player. But again, last night you think he's still lacking consistency. Um, he's still like performances last night still bring doubts. Sinc- Sinclair's getting back to a bit more consistency, but he's still not that same player that terrified defenses in his first season. Uh, Rogic oh, actually lasted ninety minutes, ninety minutes last night, but he's not been as um, as dominant as dominant as his talent suggests. But Forrest, just I think he's just become a, a,
0: a much more all-round player. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play more centrally. Even, for even I may be, uh, may be forced to admit that I think Forrest might actually be quite good now. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken me about six years. <laughs> uh, just to make the... You said
2: for, uh, Rogic lasted the ninety minutes. He's done that quite a few times recently, is not he? I think he, he done back-to-back games not
1: long ago. Or oh, I'm did he? Yeah, that's, I, I did. I, I've, been, I've actually been meaning to look that up because it's, there, was, there was a spell where it was just like 65 minutes up, off he come Rogic and he just looked, uh, just looked just totally fed up. It was quite easy for him to do it last, last so year. It was such
0: a, yeah. a slow paced game, especially in the second half. So it's now
2: fully in Celtic's hands they just need a draw for the final game against Salzburg at home. Salzburg don't have anything to play for because they've already won the group although they may get some pressure from their bosses at Red Bull who are saying please win this game so we can send their other team yeah. through to the, the second round as well. But there wasn't any kind of stitch up as you, you kind of tend to see in football um, when it suits, even even if it doesn't necessarily for the whole Red Bull thing, it kind of almost, well it suited Leipzig more than it suited Salzburg because Salzburg could just get out of the road but they would have I mean a draw would have been the worst result for them so they could have just kind of or was it not was it a draw it was um, for Leipzig to win that would that would have maybe stitched up Celtic yes right
0: because then all three teams could conceivably have finished on 12 points, points and yeah. Celtic would have finished third depending on what the score was at Celtic party yeah,
2: yeah. I suppose you don't want to leave that just on the off chance that Celtic have a brilliant night in
1: Salzburg and pump them 4-0 or whatever what was the score in the first leg 2-0 it was, and no, no, it was two one. And uh, Ed, Edwards um, scored early on. Oh yeah, and then he just got. Uh,
2: oh, well, there you go. Bars. I mean, Celtic could beat them 2-0 and then that would be Celtic going on the head yeah, yeah. to head. So
0: even when uh, even when they won the last game, I actually didn't fancy them to to get through only because. As much as they were playing Rosenberg in the next game And the, the expectation seemed to be that Celtic would go there and win I, I didn't fancy them to win at all Just because it was Celtic away from home in, yeah. away from home in Europe I But last it. night didn't You know how like you watch Celtic away from home in Europe and, and it's almost like the same story just repeated over and over again But last night it, it just wasn't like that at all Albeit the last 10 minutes I did think oh, This could still slip away here <laughs> So do we think they'll do it? Yeah I think they'll I think they'll, um, I think they'll, they'll qualify
1: now it would be It's going to be like a Champions League night in, in Europe, just because it's um, it's all kind of riding on that match again, some of like the Leipzig game, yeah, again that the, I think it gets overplayed how good Celtic's home form is. Uh, there was certainly a period where they were um, fearful at, at Celtic Park, but again they're obviously much better at Celtic Park than they are away. Because I think Craig Anderson tweeted from SPL stats account last night that was only their third win in a Europe European group stage yeah. game. But yeah, uh, I think just they they've got players coming back, almost almost fully fit squad. Uh, Chris Fire is probably the only one that's still a bit away, but that they've just they've got a lot of options. Um, yeah, I think I think they're just going to go and up a level. And the, the fact that they've had such a slow start to the season might actually help them after um, into European competition
0: after uh, after Christmas if they do go for. I think if Salzburg turn up at Celtic Park and fancy it. I think it'll be hard. I yeah, yeah it'll be definitely, I, I think yeah. I think out of all the teams in, in Celtic's group and Rangers' group, of all the opponents have had, I think Solskjaer are the best. of the best out of those teams. Uh, but I don't think they will. I think uh, I can see Celtic getting through. Okay, on to the other
2: game on Thursday night that took place at Ibrox. Rangers, nil, Spartak, Mos- Spartak, Moscow. Villarreal, nil. Done well there. Spartak, Spartak Moscow actually... I mean, the worst case scenario for Rangers, I think, would have been a Sparta at Moscow victory. Yeah, I think so. So they were helped in the sense that Sparta at Moscow didn't win, but they really would have been helped had the score stayed the same as it was entering the 90th minute between the first game which uh, kicked off at 5 o'clock, I think it was, or even I mean, before the, then.
1: Yeah,
2: just before. In fact, no, even before then, because it was finished before the... Yeah, it was, yeah. The, oh, it was, it was s- finished before the silly game started, so it must yes. have kicked off
1: at 4 or something like that. No, I think it, it kicked off just before 4, I think right. it was 3.50 or something. So had it finished... Had <laughs> 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 You're present to be precise. It was 0.20 <laughs> and it was
2: 3.45. Had had that game finished one each, then Rangers could conceivably have qualified with two draws.
0: Yeah, because in that article we're saying that it was uh, Rangers had received a Europa League boost. Yes. And then, but now they needed four points instead of two, so it wasn't that big a boost.
2: Hi, yeah, had had Sparta. It was kind of a, a boost in the sense that Sparta Moscow didn't win, so it's now in Rangers' own hands if they beat Rapid Vienna, they're going to qualify. Uh, but it would have been much better had that game finished one-one, uh, and unfortunately, it didn't. And then Rangers played Villarreal. I think before we say anything else, we have to kind of talk about the red card decision, don't we?
1: Yeah, it's um, it was an interesting one. For me, it, it took a couple of looks just to find out kind of actually what happened. Uh, obviously, it's clear now that it was Morelos that made the uh, made the fall, and then Candice. Uh, Can I think mean, it was kind of all his momentum and the fact that he couldn't stop, and then anybody just tangled. It just, did, it just didn't look pretty. Um, and it, it, at one point, it did look kind of one action uh, when, you, when you see him from behind uh, Candace it, l- it did look like he was a bit,
0: um, bit reckless but he, but he wasn't <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> he did he did stand on him he did stand on him when he, he didn't really step over him he actually, step, uh, he actually stepped on his leg which you didn't see from one camera angle you, you did see it I've seen still uh, still shots uh, from the opposite side where you see he does come down on the Villarreal player's leg but I don't think that's what the referee sent
2: him off for. No. According to a report, I think it was the son who managed to get a hold of the referee's match report. Said that he was sent off for unsporting conduct, having squared up to a Real player, <clears throat> which I find very weird because the Real player himself wasn't booked. Uh, and also, Lasana Koulibaly came out and said that the referee was telling the players it was number two, which is Tavernier, and, and they were saying um, that's not number two. He's number two,
1: kind of thing. And Tav was saying it was it was me that done it. Cause Tav kind of came in at the end as well. Yeah, because you've seen see on the footage that he was, um, after the red card was was shown, he was up to the, the uh, assistant referee that was like saying it was me, he was, he was pointing to himself. What I thought, what
2: I thought is that, because they kind of all went in and then they stood up and there was a bit of kind of afters, and I think the referee just wanted to book someday and I think he'd forgotten that he'd booked Candias,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and had he not... Had he realised they booked Candia, so I don't think he would have shown him a red a yellow card. No, but he I, might have even booked somebody else.
1: I think if he was sensible, uh, I think it does take a, a brave referee to do this. Just because when he's getting pressurised by players and when you've got fifty thousand uh, fans going berserk, that to kind of calm like calm down have a think and speak to the the linesman mm-hmm. and just try and figure out what 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 happened. The thing is, as a referee, he could have realised like, oh no. Um, maybe I was wrong booking him and say can he just cancel it and then show Tavernier t- t- the red card so it was strange Red I'll, card? Uh, sorry, yeah yellow card <laughs> it was strange That would that, um, have been really harsh <laughs>
0: <laughs> So it, it was strange you right? seemed very very eager to get over and done with The guy in the orange top that ran on the park immediately afterwards he was very angry at the decision He was um, One thing that referees do quite a lot I mean every fan
2: fans and pundits want referees to, to kind of treat every decision in a vacuum kind of thing but Referees don't do that, and it's probably right that they don't do that for for the sport because you, you don't want a referee who just applies the letter of law all the time. So what referees will tend to do, so you see, you'll see it often in games where players will put some challenges in and they don't get booked, and then somebody puts an R tackle in, and they get booked, and it's like the like, "Well, how's that any worse than the ones earlier?" It's, it's not a case that it's worse. Uh, it's the fact that the referee thinks, "Okay, this point in the match tensions are seeming to get a little high. I'm going to have to book somebody." To keep a lid on it, because if I don't start showing the players that they could be punished for this, this is going to get out of order. And I wonder, just with the, the kind of players all coming together, he just wanted to kind of show his authority and say, like, cut this out. I'm going to book somebody, and it just unluckily happened to be Daniel Candela standing there, uh, having already been booked. I thought his first one was a little bit harsh as well, but um,
1: if the referee, if, if the referee was um, more in tune with what's been happening in Scottish football, um, he would have written in his match report that uh, Candice was blowing kisses uh, <laughs> to the Villarreal player
0: on, on the deck. The thing is that the game could have been stopped maybe twice, just in the, just right before that. Answer. I'm sure there was. I think maybe Tavernier might have fouled somebody could have got stopped at that point I think and, I might, and then just before that I think I might have been a free kick to Rangers in the build yeah. up as well it was, uh, but yeah. it kind of let play, play go on and then there was that big strum arch immediately afterwards so as for
2: Rangers himself I mean, very good. That was another thing. That was another weird narrative to I, this I, Rangers game. Is everybody saying like I've seen like the headlines? And stuff are you going saying, to, to
1: say about Waddle and Golden? No, no. Okay.
2: I was going to say like people saying like oh McGregor's won Rangers this great point, which massively boosts their Europa League points. Had Rangers lost that night last night, wouldn't really made that much of a difference. They still have to beat Rapid Vienna in the last game, mm-hmm. and they still would have to. Regardless, it's a great, it's a great achievement to to last. Over forty-five minutes against Villarreal with ten men and to keep a clean sheet, but,
1: I, but it doesn't actually do much to help them in the group. I, I can kind of see what uh, where they're coming from doing it, just because of the fact that they have held on for yeah. uh, ten, with ten men against Villarreal, and yeah, it's more of the kind of um, mindset and, and mental if you want to go instead That's into the not game. what I
2: thought a lot of people were writing. And I don't yeah, think probably they not. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, they probably not thought again when they when you are writing. You're, it's like, right, this, this, this kind of makes sense I don't really want to check it I just want to finish my writing <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a nice snapshot of what my,
0: what my working day is like it was an impressive <laughs> point but as you say ultimately it didn't really do anything for them yeah. to help them get through other than it being a kind of psychological boost because I thought because they got that free kick
2: uh, about a minute in injury time and I, the set half started to go forward and then they kind of retreated and they didn't really put anybody in the box. I thought at that stage, just get everybody in the box and just lump a long ball in there and see what happens. Because if you lose a goal, it doesn't really change it all that much. Like you say, I suppose it does hurt when losing a match in terms of your mindset because now that they've got this point against Villarreal they can maybe build on that and say right let's show a similar defensive Mm. performance away from home and we'll have 11 men on the park hopefully and can maybe hurt Rapid Vienna as well because Rangers were certainly the better sides when they met earlier in the campaign so I suppose there is that but I I still thought Rangers could have maybe just in that last moment just threw a couple of Body forward and, and just taking a chance
1: there was there was also when Villarreal had a free kick and the ball kind of broke at the edge of the box and they were I think a bit more composure it could have been similar to the goal against the third goal against Vienna uh, at Ibrox where they, if the ball was played right I think it was Middleton would have been one on one possibly yeah. breaking free
2: there was a lot of throughout this game I don't think Rangers actually played that well they defended as a team well but I don't think they worked that well going forward. They had opportunities uh, where I know it's a tough opponent, but they had opportunities similar to like other games because they you know they've played a you know, tough enough group that they really could have actually asked some questions. But it was just a number of players getting caught in the ball. Midland didn't have a good first half at all. Uh, Morelos, I thought, I thought didn't. Morelos was lively enough in the first half but again there was a few times where he didn't quite choose the right option or his touch let him down he disappeared completely after half time I know he kind of had a thankless task up there on his own but you usually expect Morelos to get the ball and lots of space and do something with it at least hold it up enough so his teammates can join him that didn't really happen and you literally had Scott Arfield kind of doing anything in an attacking sense uh, second half the I thought Jack was a lot better um, but mainly just kind of getting in the face of Real, Real players and and helping the midfield to be combative I thought Cooley Balli had his best game for a while and Arfield well he wasn't as influential because he had to drop back he's still done a, a good job defensively did, they, they, they three were the stars of the show pretty much in the end because the th- three quarters or well, McGregor as well obviously for the saves for th- three quarters of the back line were fucking horrendous w- I, w- 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 I, I, War- actually Warhol's maybe too harsh he was just a bit shaky but he did have some good moments Cool uh,
0: Goldson and Flanagan Flanagan especially oh my god Flanagan was bad I didn't think his pass back that like, got intercepted. I still thought Worrell was badly at fault for that as well because it wasn't, it wasn't that far away from him. And then Worrell then he almost turned the wrong way and then just ran parallel to the ball. I, I did wonder what
2: you wonder, replays whether he could have cut it out. I, I, I definitely think so.
0: Yeah.
1: Ah. Uh, just, uh, Flanagan, I could agree with from uh, what, I, what I've read and the, the bits, I, bits I saw. Barisic, I think, is back in the squad for the game on Sunday against Hearts, was a massive boost for boost for uh, Rangers. He's just a completely different proposition to Halliday and um, Halliday and Flanagan. But it was interesting because Gerrard came out and was like full of praise for Waddle and and Golton. Because I know, obviously, sitting next to you, you were laughing a lot at the Your, uh, the state of um, Rangers' defence, despite them keeping a clean sheet. It was a, a matter of times in the penalty area they just failed completely
2: to stop Villarreal striker, normally number seventeen. Whose name I've forgotten. Just drifting past them without even like laying a like laying a finger on them.
1: Was there one moment where, um, goating It was kind of like that um, incident in the Champions League when Messi went past uh, Boateng. Um, they got like made into so many gifts that just like basically Boateng just uh, just disappeared down a black hole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened a few times. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought both teams actually looked quite put at the back, which makes it even more bizarre that they <laughs> just nil the nil. Uh, I mean, I mean, Rangers. I mean, obviously they, they were disadvantaged going going down to ten men, but when they had eleven men, I mean, they had they had one very good chance that Goldson got all wrong when it was yeah. kind of nodded. I think it was nodded back down to in the box. Uh, that was a really good chance. But that I, chance, I wonder whether Warrell should have just went himself he seemed to have enough of the goal at that back post uh, he might game I got a header on target himself and uh, Arfield had a kind of half chance was it Ken early Doors I yeah. yeah. either, yeah. either yeah. side Shade of the keeper. goalkeeper and it might have been, it might have been decent and they had, they had the one towards the end when Lafferty had it from about 112 yards Morelos had a flick from a corner as well that went over
2: and obviously Middleton's disallowed goal so, I mean, clearly they
0: did, they, I mean as much as as much as they were up against it I still thought they created I still thought they were decent uh, I mean when that draw was made and you're kind of looking at the opponents you think Rangers are going to really struggle in that group and you know ultimately the three teams that they've drawn against probably aren't as good as, yeah. as we thought they were when the, when the draw was made but if, I mean if they get through and I wouldn't say it was beyond them to go to Vienna and win uh, I mean that's still a, a pretty good achievement
1: yes. I would I would label this um, this, this the group of mediocrity um, maybe not mediocrity just shit in terms of European standards they are
0: all with the exception of Rangers they Seven are all eight. actually struggling yeah. domestically Villarreal sixteen. I think Vienna 8th and Moscow 7th, something Yeah, especially with Vienna when uh, uh,
1: 8th in a a team, I think it's got about 9 teams in it.
0: A team, a league. Sorry, a league that's got 9 teams in it. Uh, Are Rangers going to do it? Uh, Their away record isn't great, is it? Well, it's good in Europe is... uh, I will say... (laughs) I will say yes. I think they
1: will as well. I think they will... um, They'll sneak a one 0 I'll uh, go. I think it'll be a frustrating draw, and they'll, they'll they'll go out with their heads held high. I can already see the pictures of um, celebrating on on the pitch. Gerald getting um, praised to the high heavens by Rangers fans, and uh, the, the team in general getting uh, <coughs> having the spirit of Bears. If they go out, I the... don't know if Bears have a lot of spirit, but <laughs> I think uh, they, they do. They, they do um, Rangers do uh, do like referring to the players as Bears. Uh, if they go out, I think it's the two Spartak games that would have done
2: it for them. Because they should have Beaten Spartak at home And then um, The away leg I mean it, It's tough to say That they should have won Because McGregor still made About three great saves And they conceded four goals But they should have been
0: They had f- a perfectly good goal Right well, what was they it, made four, it four,
2: four Would have been 4-2 And um, yeah, yeah And Katic hitting the, the post In like the last minute Of injury time as
0: well They should have took At least four points From the, the Moscow games and ended up with one Yeah That's done them Potentially Right Let's move on Yes From from the, from, from the to lows of the Europa League to the heights of Stenysmere. They've got a new manager. Yes. I thought it would have been very strange... It's the radiator, isn't it? That was... <laughs> that, was that was kind of odd interview in that... I mean, I think... I mean, I think it was Colin McMenamin, it was just that he was like a kind of pinprick uh, in the distance. But it suddenly so- sounded like him, with the radiator having as much. You know? I,
1: I only I just quickly glanced at, at the photo, but it looked like um, he was being interviewed um, via a CCTV uh, camera in the in the
0: corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't the most enlightening of interviews. Uh, however, uh, I thought it would have been strange to talk about Senesmoor and not get Craig Telfer's input. So he sent me uh, all of the notes. I followed them on to you. Yep. I don't know if you read them, Craig. Nope, I've no, that uh, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, Craig wrote uh, a very good article when Brown Ferguson uh, was relieved of his duties uh, a, f- a few weeks back. He was. I think like everybody, it was very surprised. Sinis Mule were doing probably as well as anybody could have expected this season. They were. Uh, they'd won out a few matches. They didn't look at their depth, but they were losing the majority of the games, albeit by one or two goals. Mm. They've never been hammered this season. Uh, and then you think to say, "Well, what exactly were the board? What exactly were the board to expect?" And he, Craig did point out in his article, <coughs> excuse me, that it wasn't just this season's results that they were taking into consideration; they were also taking into consideration last season's results, which is odd when you think about it. Bear in mind last season since uh got promoted. But one, one thing for me because I,
1: I read I read Craig's um, article and then read the notes he, he sent us. But so he called it the strange. He called it the strangest uh, managerial kind of sacking. Or um, the kind of departure of the season so far, and there's been quite uh, quite a few. But then if you look at the results; they would lost eight out of twelve in the league. And looking back over, his reading it and over his tenure, it's, I think he's done a decent job. But he's not done uh, he's not done an outstanding no, job. he's not done he, an outstanding job. It's if so, you if you're able to keep them up, when
2: other managers might have done he did get them promoted via the playoffs but they did finish fourth yeah they,
1: they kind of scraped yeah. into it Yeah. Uh, so it, it wasn't like a, a fantastic job and I can kind of see why the, the, maybe the board are just thinking right we're, we're still we're not doing massively uh, we're not a huge disappointment in the league I think it's quite, close down, the, it's quite uh, close down the bottom so it's maybe a good time to make a change and try and freshen things up that's probably why it's so strange because we're quite patient and loyal to him. Uh, over previous struggles. Yeah, I mean, so they, it's almost like why why do it now? They had a they had a, was that a three year plan um, to. So at some point in twenty nineteen, I think it was when they got relegated um, to uh, to League Two, they stuck with Brown, uh, Brown Ferguson and said, "We're going to have a three year plan. We're going to keep uh, you in place until um twenty nineteen And I think they maybe just just got bored.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think they suggested they need to freshen up. And, and I mean, last season there was doubts about the fact. Uh, his formations weren't always uh, suitable to the personnel that he had uh, If they were behind It was always felt that his substitutions very rarely kind of, uh, managed to get anything uh, from a game And I suppose if there was doubts last season when they were winning games Then there was, obviously there's going to be increased doubts when they're, you know, when they're, when they're losing most weeks in, in League One but Last season as well their entire game plan was primarily involved Mark McGuigan scoring plenty of goals Which they uh, very much done And then they had Harry Payton in the middle of the park as well I suppose it's a bit like Montrose. Uh, Senesmure's success last season was scoring goals, Montrose's success last season was not letting any in. Were they ever going to be able to do that again this season? Well, no, because Montrose are now hemorrhaging goals and and Mark McGuigan struggling to score any this season. So I suppose maybe when you you look a wee bit further, it wasn't a huge surprise that he he left. I think where the board may have got a wee bit surprised, and this is what Craig Telfer hinted at in his notes, and that they probably thought there was going to be quite a lot of applicants for the position. Uh, and I think they were unpleasantly surprised at the standard of applicant in the go I mean obviously we, we don't know who, uh, who who did apply for the job but I think the you're uh, sincerely
2: Mr. Cathro.
0: <laughs> Nacho Novo <laughs> uh,
1: but didn't they send out a tweet on the day of uh, like um, yeah. so basically closing date for applications uh, almost like a reminder please <laughs> <to laughs> apply for this FTP Bob Malcolm
2: P.S. the Syrian refugee is a bully <laughs>
0: But yeah, so now we've been left with, uh, with Colin McMenamin Will he... I mean, they're not in too bad a position uh, Albeit at the bottom the league They're not cut off They've got Harry Payton back uh, On loan, I think I was very surprised they managed to get him back I mean, he was excellent last season Was arguably the best player in League 2 I mean, I actually thought he could uh, I just thought he could have uh, Got some game time for Ross County this season Even Ross County fans are saying That they kind of regret Saying I'm out on loan and, and probably would have preferred if they kept him But he's back He'll, he'll probably make a difference Mark McGuigan is starting to score goals again uh, If they can get some more uh, More at him And again They probably won't get cut adrift I still think it'll be A struggle to keep them up Montrose look like They probably have a wee bit more About them this season uh, Dumbarton Surely to goodness you, you don't expect Dumbarton To be kicking around uh, The lower the lower reaches Of that, that division All season But yes yeah, Still a, a difficult task Will they have any budget To bring anybody in in January I'm not so sure I don't think Steny's got, got much money swelling around that, there.
1: That's that's what's going back to the 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 whole um, the whole appointment application process. That's kind of surprising the fact that they've taken this decision, which on uh, which for many was surprising. but but they didn't have a um, didn't really have a plan in place for, uh, for replacing them. so like, you would have thought if they were if they're going to make this decision that they would have sounded out candidates and had a rough idea of who would be applying or who'd be willing to have an interview or who'd be willing to take the job. And now obviously they've, they've be left with going into and appointing his assistant. when I actually interviewed him, I think last year, um, about just about being a, a going from playing full-time to low, uh, uh part-time. And he was, seems like a, a nice guy. But, uh, he was still a coach at the same time uh, at Steny, or under, under Brown Ferguson. And he um, he was telling me some of the days he worked, because I think he was training to be an electrician as well. Uh, and the hours he put in was like, what? Well,
0: no he's nice. had a I mean he's had a decent start. I mean they were they, they lost away to uh, Dumbarton, which uh, they lost two one. I think it was uh, a Dom Thomas Wonder goal which uh, kinda of done them in that one. They were they were okay against Wraith Rovers in their next match. Uh Wraith deserved to win three one, but Wraith's last goal was uh, was right at the death and from the last 15-20 minutes I'd, I kind of thought Rovers were going to throw it away I mean it wouldn't have been a, a massive surprise if I got something from it they were, they were perfectly decent and then of course on Saturday uh, they gave Craig Telford one of the best days of his life uh, <laughs> with uh, how long it been since, it, since it defeated defeat uh, uh since the 30s that's uh, ridiculous a, uh, certainly at home anyway it was a ridiculous period of time so I suppose it's, that's a decent way to to announce yourself on the, the managerial stage so yeah we'll see how he gets on yeah I I um so did Falkirk to get rid of the
1: take the highlights down just because I, f- I found them on on YouTube. The I mean they weren't great, they just showed <coughs> showed the goals. But um, I think they had
0: been removed from their website, but they were still on YouTube. I don't know why they've
1: been removed. They looked like um, not taking anything away from Steny, but my God, those goals were easy.
0: That was good, really good, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, it's always good to watch a, a Falkirk defeat on Falkirk TV. So did they have, did they have commentary?
1: Yeah? Ah, uh, uh, I. started Sorry, I listened to it, there was like no commentary, so I just, just muted it and listened to something while,
0: while watching it. No, no, there's definitely a commentary when mm-hmm. I watched it. Really enjoy you watch it. It's
1: a mistake, Joe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of I think I'm, like. I'm really not in my game today. Uh, Ian Murray, Airdrie. Ian Murray, Airdrie. Go. Link. Good link. <laughs> link. Uh, Airdrie fans, since Ian Murray arrived, Airdrie fans seem to be oscillating wildly between, uh, we're absolutely guff. Uh, and hopefully struggle to stay up. To oh, actually, they're quite good. And at the moment, they're now at the. Well, actually, they might be quite good. Uh, way of thinking. They've won three in a row. Uh, they had a really good win over uh, Dumbarton in the Scottish Cup on Saturday. Thoroughly deserved. A really good first half performance, and slightly more up against it the, the second period, but a really merited win. I mean, it, it, Ian Murray's quite an interesting one because when he arrived at Dumbarton, one of the things that's always been discussed is how professional. So you know, Dumbarton were a, a part-time team, and he tried to instil as many. Uh, kind of full time uh, kind of ethos or, or full time ways of working that he could on a, on a part time basis. He made training much more professional, he made the warm ups more professional, the, the half time drills much more professional. You can see, Airdrie fans are already noticing that the the warm ups before a game and the half time drills are, are a lot more. No, he's repeating what he did at Dumbarton, which bear in mind in the lower leagues, the half time interval normally involves six boys standing about. And the fact that they now have drills uh, says a lot about them. You can see that his uh, his formations have evolved uh, since he arrived. So his first couple of games he played a four four two, that then evolved to a uh, kind of four four one one. And his last couple of games, where he really seems to have uh, kind of come across something, whether that's by by luck or design, uh, he's playing a four two three one. And I think the reason that that's been so successful the last couple of weeks is that he's got Kyle Wilkie playing in that number ten position. Been, I mean, there's a number of players uh, under the last management manager, Sean Finlay, that you thought. Why are they not producing? Because at the start of the season, it looked to me, and then most people that knew a wee bit about the lower leagues, that Airdrie would be there or thereabouts, a be challenging for the playoffs, and yet here they were, looking absolutely terrible.
1: Yeah, the they're, um, they're, the they're transfer business in the summers, there's a lot of players, just from someone of not much knowledge of the lower leagues, players going out, um, out, the, um, out the team who... Don't seem like big names or don't seem like uh, they've, they've been around, and then they bring bringing in like Sean Crichton, Daryl Duffy, yep. Scott Gallagher, um, Grant Gallagher, David Hutton, Leighton McIntosh, and then Kyle Wilkie, oh. okay, as you mentioned. And they have got Dale Carrick,
2: of course. As we know, he's the greatest player in <laughs> the, the lower league history. Uh,
0: Dale Carrick has been kind of stuck out wide recently, and he's kind of struggling a wee bit. He maybe. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> okay uh, If they are struggling Where it white as wide uh, they, So they had Darrell Duffy uh, Kind of leading the lineup On his own at the weekend They had Dale Carrick Kyle Wilkie And Leighton McIntosh In behind uh, Carrick and McIntosh Done fine But it was Wilkie That kind of dictates Pretty much everything uh, He He works really hard Off the ball He is extremely good On the ball He scored an excellent goal He's actually scored Well he scored three In his last two games Two pretty much identical And he picks the ball uh, Picks the ball up 20 yards for goal And then and uh, off the, the kind of left hand post Really good goal uh, And Duffy's now in amongst the goals as well It's quite interesting as well that We were pleasantly surprised At how Joe Victoria's got on this season At the start of the, the, start of the year Of all the sign-ins, he was the one that Probably we didn't expect too much from And yet he was the one that, that started the season particularly well He's been kind of nudged out the side As has uh, Ryan Conroy Now, Airdrie fans have been saying For quite a few seasons now how is Ryan Conway getting a game every single week? He has for I mean for his entire career, he can cross a ball into a box and he can take a free kick. But if he isn't crossing the ball into a box and he isn't taking a free kick, he's contributing pretty much zero. And he's kinda he's kinda done that for Dundee, he's done it at Rayfors, and he's kinda slipped down the leagues. And every time he slips down the leagues you think, right. Surely at this level, <laughs> you're going to see more from him. He's going to be able to dictate games, uh, get on the ball and and make things happen. But they just Hasn't done it. And it just—it
1: seems like he's a—he's a specialist player. So if if the um, if a team in there, he do the same job and the, uh, uh, the same standard in the Premiership. he did in, in League Two. So if teams just needed to it, like, right, we'll just last for a few minutes. Just bring on someone on. And just 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 cross it. Anytime you get it, cross it.
0: But yeah, so thankfully he's out of the team. Uh, <laughs> as well, Not they, crossing it. Interesting <laughs> as well. They've uh, they dropped Scott Robertson as well. So again, he was a player along with Victoria who was. Probably one of the better players this season, uh, playing it right back and, and bombing forward and, and doing particularly well. He's been replaced by Chris O'Neill who's actually looks like it might be a, an upgrade. And then in the Miller the park as well I've got Kieran Miller, another boy who'd kinda of disappointed at the start of the season again. At East Fife, excellent, uh, along with Kyle Wilkie. But the two of them are now are now starting to come on to a game, so they're now two points aside the playoffs, I think. Yeah, if the win better it starts back this weekend actually, so I'm, I'm pretty interested to see how they how they get on. I don't think they'll collapse like a terrible deck chair like they did the last time we we, we played them. Uh, and Wraith, for me I kind of flattered to deceive, so I, I wouldn't be wouldn't be overly surprised if Airdrie can pick something up this weekend. Okay we'll move for there to another team in League One. You mentioned them already, Dumbarton. <laughs> Dumbarton. Uh, I when Wraith was without a manager I thought Jim Duffy I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been terribly disappointed if Jim Duffy had been appointed. And as much as I still think he'll probably do okay at Dumbarton. he has essentially inherited all the problems that Steve Aitken had which is just that everybody's injured like at oh, the weekend in the Scottish Cup they only had two fit outfield players uh, was uh, sorry on the bench they only had two uh, outfield subs it was Cami Valentine and Willie Dyer now I'm also presuming that they actually weren't fit because that's his, probably his first choice full bucks uh, and they actually started the game without any full box. so I'm guessing actually they weren't fit either uh, he also swapped goalkeepers At some at one point as well So I, I don't know if, if Terrified get I don't know if the goalkeeper Picked up an injury as well uh, I mean Dumbarton's In a, Dumbarton's in a bit of a mess At the moment I mean it, As much as getting with Steve Aitken I think was the, I think it was the right move he, he hasn't He's kind of flat to the sea For probably 18 months uh, Dumbarton But getting with him was, was never going to be A silver bullet That was going to cure All of uh, Dumbarton's ills He's still left With a A, a, a squad that's got Very little balance uh, Rory lot and little balance, even if everybody's fit, they don't have a lot of balance, and everybody isn't fit. So, missing at the weekend was Ian Russell, who's injured, Laurie Loy, who's injured, uh, Ryan Thompson, injured, uh, Dom Thomas couldn't play, but I think it was a request from Command Yeah, because uh, Craig Barr's injured, of course, Craig Barr's injured. <laughs> uh, Grant Adam, <laughs> it's is not, injured. It's not watch it. <laughs> So we had a situation where Ross Forbes was playing at left back uh, Short Carswell was playing at right back He's been playing there a few weeks now, Ross Forbes Ross Forbes, yeah, yeah but Not because he necessarily thinks he's a left back It's just too well, His debut everybody uh, was raving about his performance at left back uh, he, he did he did okay uh, But I think he would be better utilised uh, for the forward Not left back No, not left back <laughs> uh, We had a situation where Michael Payton was playing up front Even though he has been a, a right winger for the majority of his career As far as I'm aware uh, although, to be fair, he did play Callum, Callum Gallagher at right wing when he does have some experience of playing up front. So, there's always been fans of, of any club that Jim Duffy's been at, has always spoken about weird kind of formations that Jim Duffy comes up with. And, and that was certainly one I think if he'd swapped them, it would have made them a, a stronger proposition. It's sounds like it's just like it's uh, round pegs and just one big, massive, square hole. <laughs> I, I mean, they've shot up shop a wee bit. At the back, I mean, no, I can see the ridiculous amount of goals at the start of the season. Jim Duffy has managed to, to get them a clean sheet. They've won, uh, I mean, they have they've, they've they beat his 5-4 now in his first game. They then had a 2-1 win over, over Senesmuir, but, but they've lost their last two convincingly as well. I mean, Airdrie were thoroughly deserved 3-0 winners and, and Forfa were thoroughly deserved 3-0 winners a week before that. So they're in, they're in a relegation, can they Can they bring people in? Possibly. I mean, Andy Little has had to retire recently, so I'm guessing that frees up a wage. They signed Jack Aitchison on loan from Celtic earlier this season. He went. He ended up going back. back to Celtic yeah, yeah. uh For for personal reasons, uh, I believe. So that may free up another wage. So that may give I'm him some up. scope. Possibly that may give him some scope uh, to bring in more guys. And if you know something, if Ballantyne gets fit, comes in at right back, he'll probably do very well. Uh, and if he can maybe bring in somebody for Ross Perry. Or oh, you know something. Even Andy Derry, who appears to be done, and just shouts at people every time they can see their goal. That would help Mars as well. It see so from what
1: you're telling us it seems that Jim Duffy is going to have to really turn things around between uh, be- between now and March before he can uh, lead Scotland into Euro 2020 qualifiers.
0: <laughs> I'm starting to think he may not be a future manager of Scotland. Although I look forward to check him and try to suggest it should be.
2: Uh, well, if not Jim Duffy, then Jim McAnally. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> that doesn't even be a it.
2: <laughs> I'd be all <laughs> for that. Right, uh, we've still got a bit of- three minutes left Sean you want to
0: talk about Wraith Rovers uh, if I must John McGlynn another new manager he he has he has improved them playing fast and loose with the word new he has improved them uh, There's are su- playing surprisingly decent football he said that they were the best football playing team in the division in fairness you should expect that because they're the only full time team in the league uh, I think our growth would probably have something to say about that the, the problem at the moment is our growth are going through that division like uh, the time Dunferman were in it and just hammered everybody, and uh, the, the last time Livingston were in it and just hammered The time Rangers were in it. The time Rangers were in it and just hammered everybody and went the, the full season unbeaten. And and when you're up against something like that, there isn't really too much you can do other than there are three more Wraith Rovers <laughs> both meetings between now and the end of the season. I mean, Wraith will probably need to win at least two of them, you would imagine. Uh, I, I mean, I kind of looked at, this, uh, at, the, at the fixture list and thought to myself, right, if Wraith can. Maybe bring in on average just over two points per game. You know, that should be there or thereabouts in terms of winning the league. And they're not that far away for that, but they're maybe three or four points away for where our expected race to be. But even then, there would still be six points behind, behind our growth. McGlynn has certainly improved them going forward. He's brought in Daniel Armstrong, who was at Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolves released him in the summer, he's been excellent. Uh, on the right wing, they didn't have a right winger until he came in. Uh, Nathan Flanagan's looking fairly sharp uh, on the left wing. Defensively it's where Wraith have the issues Scoring goals isn't Really a problem They, they kept loads of clean sheets last season uh, They didn't concede Too many goals But uh, Grant Gillespie Actually came back At the weekend and, and started a right back I know Gillespie's Played there before But we actually Don't really have a right back uh, We have uh, Jamie Watson A uh, young guy Who looks a bit Out of his depth Ian Davidson is Maybe 34 now He's kind of Maybe running out of steam Kyle Benadictus Doesn't look the same player uh, Since he came back For that for that injury Last season The season Rumours linking him with Falkirk uh, in January, whether that's true or not remains to be seen. If Falkirk were to offer some money for Benedictus at this point... it can't be that bad, surely. Well, bad enough to play for Falkirk? <laughs> it is it, probably a cut-up what they have at the moment, so I wouldn't be overly surprised if he went there. But, but defensively, it's where they're struggling. Uh, whether they can improve that, even if he did, you would still need growth to, to go through a bit of a, bit of a funk. Uh, Ten points is a, is a massive gap to, to close. I would expect Wraith to be in the playoffs come the, end of the season.
2: When you sat across with Danny Denham earlier in the season Did you think this this man and his team were going to make sure my club Are stuck in the third tier of Scottish football For
0: our third successive season? No, no, I thought they would be there And we would win the league convincingly <laughs> uh, I've changed my mind <laughs> <laughs> But uh, just in terms of
1: McGlynn's second
0: uh, second spell I think Is the football a lot better to watch? Much better I mean, that's that part of the reason why As much as McGlynn had a lot of success with race last time around when he left to join Hearts there wasn't, any, there wasn't too many Wraith Rovers fans that were that disappointed he, he was coming off the back of a, a season where we'd finish about 7th or 8th and we'd kind of had enough of so, so playing playing a, 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 playing a style of football that's basically chasing the ball into the corner is all well and good if you're winning games if you're finishing 7th or 8th it, it, it's pretty it's a pretty bleak experience so we weren't overly fussed to see him go but I've been pleasantly surprised at how we've played since he came back I mean he has the advantage that he's the only full time team in that league of course he does but no I was that was my slight concern when he came back but uh, no he's been fine and now he's Pep Baldiola uh, Some of like that <laughs> right that's enough thank you very
1: much for the listening PC's, you read that somewhere did it come up with yourself so that, was, uh, that was in the group chat
2: I can't remember who said it oh,
1: right. then uh, I, I thought it
2: on Twitter no, I, I definitely read it in the group chat yeah no, fell enough there was a few people giving him nicknames and somebody said Pep Baldiola if you do
1: find out um, just just take them remove them from the group chat <laughs> And myself, well, I'm at it. and yourself. I'll take over, the admin. <laughs> right, that's it.
2: Thanks very much for listening. If you'd like to listen to more, we're going to record the Patreon soon. Patreon dot com forward slash Terrace Podcast. Where, in the spirit of Craig Whiting <laughs> and Gary's uh, refusal love. to, Gary, Gary's love and refusal to Lust? believe. Quite possibly, Andy's refusal to believe that Craig White not actually that good—he's
0: shite. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely shite.
2: We're going to talk about players who we stubbornly refused to admit weren't any good. So make sure you listen to that. Like I said, patreon.com dot com forward slash Test Podcast is as little as two dollars a month, uh, and there is two dollars a month or seven dollars a month. But we do have plans to introduce a, a new tier where we're going to do extra shows uh, and slip them into the new tier. So there's that I'm going to launch. I don't know. Probably before Christmas. Cool. Alright, Sean, say goodbye. Goodbye. Joe. Goodbye. And I'm Craig Fallon for The Weekend. Hope you enjoy your football.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.